everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, the host of Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And today we have a champion. We have a number one pick. We have someone who has become a close friend of mine over the past few years. And uh, she embodies everything about not being a sellout, about being true to yourself. She's a woman of faith. She's a woman of competition. She's a woman of resiliency. And uh, she's also a real estate agent, which just kind of proves her desire to always be learning, always be growing, and to always be the best version of herself. I've heard her speak multiple times, most recently on a panel with a group of uh, children, high school youth, that just had an opportunity to be impacted and influenced. And when she took the mic, everyone listened differently. And so we have the number one pick in the WNBA draft, my friend, my fellow real estate agent, Charlie Collier, joining us today. So thanks for coming. Yeah, Rogers, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks How was that me. intro? Out of all the intros, was that <laughs> was that the best intro? That was top tier. Okay, top Probably, tier. Probably, yeah, that's up there. Okay, before <laughs> we get started with the questions, you've got to let us know what are you wearing today. I feel like I'm Ryan Seacrest on the red no. carpet because I'm wearing a Liquid Death sweatshirt and Adidas shorts, but Charlie came in here looking yeah. like she's about to go and take home some kind of trophy, and it's not in this podcast. So what do we got on today? I just have a gucci crop sweater on and some gucci sandals something simple my eyelashes aren't done so i'm surprised i don't have glasses on because that's like the main priority behind me going to church i have to get my lashes done but it's okay like literal church (laughs) yeah okay gotta have my lashes done but we're okay today okay well you look you look fantastic (laughs) thank you and people that are uh only listening and and not watching thank you uh for not paying attention to what i have on but you know, Charlie, you're, uh, uh, you're a very, uh, you're wise beyond your years. I'm sure you've gotten that your whole life. And mm-hmm. I think that you've embraced um, all the abilities you have to succeed in life, whether it's in sport, it's in business, or it's just an opportunity. But what, what got you to the point where you're, what are you, 23? 22. I you're turned 20... 23 next week. Okay, so you're 22, yeah. almost 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time this airs, you'll be the ripe age of 23. Yes. But what... What trained you at an early age to get into the headspace of being just a champion with perspective? I would just say um, my peers. Um, I've always been around older men and women, you know, especially in the sport of basketball, and I've always played up in AAU. And um, just my parents shaped me into the person I am today uh, with my faith and my friends. Um, I always try to surround my people that surround myself by people that'll make me do better. And um, like you said, I'm beyond my years. It's just me just being mature to the fact that I know what I want and I know when I want it. And so that's that's rare to find, you know, you coming out of college, it's like, what do I do? But I knew what I wanted to do. So, and, and I pursued that and I did that. And She's not talking about real estate, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real, real estate was just a random byproduct. But, you know, I, I would consider you the pride of Baytown, Texas, mm-hmm. which is kind of on the way to Louisiana. But, you know, what was the evolution to where, you know, you played at one of the top tier, the yeah. top women's basketball programs in the country at UT, literally the number one draft pick. And yeah. basketball is what you wanted to do. It's what you do. And you do it better than literally anybody. But what yeah. was that evolution knowing that you come out of the gate a statistic where there's literally a rare, rare chance you're going to make it to even play high school, yeah. maybe college, and then at the pro level. And you're about to go play overseas as well in Tel Aviv yeah. for the summer. But what, what was that like as a, as a youth, even though you're still a youth? It's actually pretty wild. You know, you're coming from Baytown. Not a lot of people know where that is. It's, it's a small town, southeast Texas. And um, you're just this girl that's, you know, taller than everybody, but didn't know you would play basketball to this extent. And now... Um, I'm going to Texas, I'm getting drafted, I'm doing things, fashion, real estate, meeting you, meeting, you know, wonderful people at Rogers Healy, like, um, never would have, never would have thought, but you know, um, my faith keeps me grounded. And so I just continue to pray and 
you know, continue to do better with all these things. You, you gotta, you can remove the humility a little bit. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you, you're such a great example of not being a sellout and staying grounded, especially at an age that most people at 22 years old, being at the top of the mountain, yeah. they get, they get washed away and they yeah. get ruined. And you've you've proven to be a better person the better that you get. I think that's really rare, but. You know, the WNBA, I remember when it first came out, it was, what, 20 years ago? Over 20 years yeah, ago? Yeah, it's very young. Yeah. yeah 20 years ago. Uh, and, um, yeah, I was, I don't remember how old I was, but it wasn't really as popular. It's still growing until what it should be. Um, but it's here to stay. It's here to stay. And we have a team here in Dallas, which is really awesome, because in Houston they had the comments, but, you Cheryl know. Cheryl Swoops. Cheryl Swoops, Cynthia Cooper, all them. But Dallas, it's, it's fairly new, too. They just created this team in 2016. Um, well, let's yeah. get well, like we got to get to that though. So I mean, yeah. like talk about the competition as a in Texas. I, Texas, everyone considers it a football state. Texas is a sports state. It's and, a sports and state. Yeah, lacrosse is here. Ice hockey is here. Yeah. Obviously, soccer, basketball, football, baseball, everything. Yeah. But I think Texas is a basketball state. And so you know, men so. or women, that that's a that's a hard thing. A fun fact: I never made. I tried out for the basketball team every year from yeah. fifth grade until twelfth grade. And I got cut every single year. Wow. And then I played football my senior year because I found out they didn't make cuts in football. <laughs> yeah. So I got a letter jacket. You call me Michael Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan ended up playing um, a little bit more than I did. But what was that like? I mean, did you go through an evolution of obviously we're both taller people and like yeah. we grew into our bodies. But was that hard as a woman being, you know, you're taller? Yeah. And, and was that a hard thing getting coordinated? I would say in my middle school years, it was fairly hard because obviously, you know, now I'm six four, six five, but back then, I keep saying back then, like what also what is six four, six five? I said that's so nonchalant. I know it's that's like Charles Barkley's basketball card said six eight, and the first time I met him, I was like, I'm taller than you, right? I'm, I got right. a half inch on Charles Barkley. What? So it's like some people, I think I'm six four. With shoes, I'm probably six five. It just, just depends on who you ask. Or depends on the shoes. It depends on the shoes. Okay, what, how tall are you today in the Gucci's? Probably six seven. Are you really? Was I taller than you standing up? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, yeah. so on. So, but what was it like? The evolution of knowing that you had something that other people didn't, and you learned yeah. how to lever it, and you embraced the fact that your your uniqueness was your gift. I would say um, it happened in USA Trials. I tried out when I was 16, and I had to go to Colorado Springs and try out for the team. And I never forget this coach told me, "You just have it." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I have it?" She's like, "You have the it." Like, you're it. And I never knew what that was until this was, by the way, side note, when my father passed away, this was that same year, 2016, it happened. And I still think to this day, that was a life-changing event because um, during that year, like literally two months after, I got invited to the USA Trials. And she told me that, and I all these things running through my head, I have to play through, you know, all this adversity. My dad passed away, and I'm playing super well. But I'm just like, at this point, forget it I'm playing I have nothing to lose all these girls are older than me they're better than me supposedly and at that time I, I just was getting started of being Charlie Collier and so from then on out I just took basketball to the next level and like you said how was that you know growing into this I feel like that was the turning point that was the turning point of my basketball career you feel like you got mad at it I, I was yeah I was upset yeah I, honestly I did want to play I was like, are there other sports I can do? Like, do I even want to play anymore? And all these things coming through my head. Yeah, I think that's good, though, for growth. And I, I've it's learned growth. that, too. That, yeah. some, that sometimes the hardest time in my life end up being the most rewarding. The most rewarding. And, and you kind of learn what you're made of. But yeah. at, at 16, it's easier said than done. At, I'm 42, so three times where you were at 16 during the, a very yeah. pivotal, pivotal, 
pivotal mm-hmm. and impressionable time in your life and you turn it into something special so you obviously made the team i made the team and we actually went this to, is a guy uh, that got cut from the middle school basketball team yeah. and you played for the USA. country usa the country we went to spain we went to china it was like a uh, what do you call it like world a, tour like a world tour yeah it was super crazy at 16 it's like you, you're traveling the world you know it's were the people you were with was it your idols at the time was it people that you it was found? at the time it was it was my competition oh, okay <laughs> the girls i was competing against in my class and older and so it was over i think 144 girls to try out and it's only a 12-man roster are the 12 people uh, competitors now in the WNBA? Competitors in the WNBA. Are all 12, all 12 of y'all? them are, are my teammates. Are you right serious? Now. Wow, it's that's crazy. full circle. Super crazy. So, so you do that, and then I'm assuming this is over the summertime. Over the summer. And you're probably yeah. a sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school. And then you have to go back to school mm-hmm. and then pretend like school. I mean, not pretend. Like maybe, back yeah. normal it's again. It's like I was just overseas playing yeah. basketball with the 11 other greatest women basketball players in the world. Yeah. And now I have to go and learn algebra. It's no, literally. Yeah. Algebra and all the math classes that I don't like. Yeah. Well, at least you probably passed it. I could not pass it. I eventually took a class as a junior in high school called yeah. Shapes, and they're like, "Is this a square or a circle?" I was like, "Circle." Like you've passed, and now I'm selling real estate. It's wild. Yeah. My mom's a algebra teacher. Oh. Fun. I just don't like math, so it's super weird Same. passing her by, and she taught at my high school. And like avoided her class completely. <laughs> nice. Well, mom, shout out. We don't know if she's six yeah. four or six five, but we're gonna end with that. Yeah. Okay. So so you graduate high school and then you go through the. You obviously you get recruited. Obviously you get recruited because I got recruited in football because of my height. I got one recruiting letter from yeah. Millsaps College and it just said "Dear Prospect" and I was like, "Mom, Dad," I was like, "I'm six five. They want me." And then yeah. they saw my forty speed, which was like a forty. And then I went to SMU and I yeah. played fraternity, but. So what was the um, what was the pursuit like? How did you stay humble, knowing that literally everybody wanted you, and then um, you had your pick to go to University of Texas? It was it honestly was hard at that time because you, you get all that attention at a young age. You got to know how to gauge it. And at first, I was I don't think I ever was arrogant. I don't think I was confident enough. Like I just was like, oh yeah, letters come through the mail. Okay, cool, whatever. And my mom's like, no. Well, who did you get them is, from? Uh, my first letter ever was from Tennessee. Well, this was Pat Summerall then? Yes. Who's probably, her and Gino are probably the two most iconic. Yes. They're Mount Rushmore. And at of... the time, that's where I wanted to go to school because it, it was the big league. Like, that's the UConn and Tennessee at the time. They were big time. So. But then she got sick probably right before. She got sick. Yeah. She got sick. And, and her son took over. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Son. And so. That's text, a whole other story. He, it's a whole he did not last. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sad. be glad you didn't go there. No, seriously. But, but you but... liked Orange. Yeah, yeah, I did. Burn orange. <laughs> yeah, you just went from a light orange to a burn orange. But, yeah, not so, too crazy. Both UTs. Yeah, true. It's just this is the UT that people here know. So what was that like? I mean, how did what was the selection process getting pursued from everybody? How did you narrow it down um, and make a you know conscientious decision to go play at UT? It's hard. Um, at first, I, you know, phone calls, but I didn't really like the phone calls. So I was like, let me just go see your, your university in person. I took um, visits, Notre Dame. I went to Kentucky, Louisville, and um, UConn, and Texas really wasn't on my list. I really didn't want to go to Texas at first. It was too close to home. I didn't want to be that close to home. Really? Yeah. I went to school. I grew up on a street called University Boulevard. Okay. And then I went to SMU, which yeah. is on University Boulevard. <laughs> so you're right I went there. to college three blocks away from my wow. parents' house. I just yeah. thought that was just too close to my, you know, family. But I'm like, um, things happen with family, and then I had to end up staying home. But it all worked out. Long story short. Um, Crazy process. 
the selection, had all the coaches coming to my school. My my um, teammates are nosy, like, oh, what school is this this time? Who's this? Was your team good, high school? We, we were good. But it was you. Yes. I mean, it was the Charlie show. <laughs> I mean, you, you, yeah, it's, you got to yeah, embrace that. Got so, to embrace it. So you learned at, at 16, 16, 17, 18, what it was like to be in the limelight. That was which, in the limelight. Which is kind of the kiss of death for some people. And yeah. I, I didn't understand success till I was way older. And I think that benefited me because if I would have been successful yeah. at 16, I would probably still be in high school. And if social media would have been out when I was in college, oh. I would be in jail. God knows where I would be. But Social media, it can be a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. I kind of really wish we didn't have it when growing up. But I was growing up when we had... But then they couldn't see the podcast. I know. So, like, there is good in social <laughs> there, media. Yeah, we need this Rogers that. Yeah, Rogers that. There uh-huh. we go. So, but, um, so what was that like? I mean, like, how did you embrace this? You lost your dad. You played overseas. Yeah. You're in high school. Your mom's an algebra teacher. You're getting pursued by everybody. And you're learning how to be yeah. a young adult at the same time. There's also prom and homecoming and quizzes and final yeah. exams. And you have all this stuff coming at you. What was your headspace? And how, what was your procedure for actually staying, staying grounded? Yeah. Um, it actually wasn't easy. It was not easy. I actually remember having a lot of mental breakdowns because it was just a lot. But I think because I had such a great support system, including my mom and coaches and um, my dad's friends that all, you know, kept my head grounded with things going on. I think that really helped me because honestly, you you can never be too strong. You you know, you need help. You yeah. know, you need guidance and support. And I had that, you know, thank God, because not I would have just easily, like you said, um, become another statistic and just fall off the grid. And like a lot of people do that I know that have success and then all of them, they just lose it all because yeah. they can't take it. They can't handle it. Because they're freaking weak. They're weak. They're weak. They're I talked about this morning. I get, I get so angry people that I have God-given gifts and then waste it. They, they waste it. They waste the town. So yeah. you go to UT, University of Texas at Austin. And was it an immediate like success? Were you a star from the minute you got there? Was, Actually, was it an no. evolution? Okay. Well, get, I, walk I took, us through it. I, um, everything started over for me. Same thing with the WNBA. I, my first season, I didn't play well. I didn't. I only played like eight minutes a game. You know, I'm coming out of high school. I'm in, in, in the WNBA or in, in UT. UT and the WNBA. So it was kind of like a a reset. You mm. know, I don't know if it's politics. I don't know if they're trying to make me stronger mentally. But I all, you know, I always be appreciative. Her name is Karen Aston. Your coach at UT. Never forget, yeah. She humbled me. She humbled me quickly. She was like, you're the top recruit coming in, but these are grown women. You know, we got to get you stronger. We got to get you in the weight room. You got to become better in shape, condition, all that. Because in high school, quote unquote, was easy. And so when I got to college, it was a big old culture shock for me. The finding my classes to knowing, you know, how to get to the weight room, everything was was a change. It was different, and I had to learn the hard way. It was not easy my freshman year. I did not have the season that I thought I should have. It was not. Did it. you get to play? Did I you played. start? I didn't start. Wow. So you I go from start. superstar no. to like, why am I not out there? Did you get? You played eight minutes a game. Eight minutes. I was so frustrated. Do you have any? Did you have any big games as a freshman? Ah, I, I had a big. We played Mississippi State, and I never forget the girl that's my teammate now in the WBA. Play. I played against her. Her name is Big T. Tierra McCown six seven, six seven like. Maybe. Let's just say six seven six eight because no one knows your height in professional tall. sports. Yeah. And I never forget. With going shoes, out there. she's seven six. Yeah. Yeah. 
going out there, I'm like, okay, this is college. Like, I never played against a girl this size, like, huge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared for my life. <laughs> and you had to guard her. I had to guard her. I did okay. Held my own. And I played well against her offensively, but as soon as she scored on me, coach took me out. So it's like. But now Big T. Now Big T is my teammate. Your teammate. Yeah, so, Big T mate. Now. Yeah. So, so what, 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 what got you to the point where you became the, the biggest, you were the biggest, you're the biggest deal in women's college basketball, literally. My, my junior year. So you had to wait two years. I had to wait two years. Where most people quit, they mm-hmm. give up and you kept the headspace there. You kept grounded, you kept resiliency. And then what happened? What was the junior year turning point where I, you were the grown woman yeah, now? I was just pissed off. <laughs> At that Fair. point, I, I was fed up. I'm like, these girls, they're playing against me. I'm getting ate up every day in the games. Like, I'm going to do something about this. Um, I started going to the weight room. I, 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 his name is Zach Zilner, our strength and conditioning coach. I said, Zach, every day after practice, I want you to work me out. And I got in the best shape ever. And I'm like, excuse my language, I'm, I'm going to kick these girls' asses. Because, like, you know, I'm the number one player coming out of high school. Like, I had to wait two years. Like, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm like, I'm not waiting anymore. Like, You got is, mad at it again. I got mad. That fire I had at USA Trials when I, I felt that fire, I, I felt that fire. And Zach? And Zach, you know, he pushed me to the limit. He said, okay, this is what you want to do. Like, you just had a two-hour practice. You sure you want to go another hour? Yeah, I do. And I did that the whole preseason. Okay, so talk statistics with me. Freshman, sophomore year, yeah. averaging how many points, rebounds? Maybe two, three points. Freshman year, sophomore year, went up a little bit, eight. My junior year, this was my draft year. I didn't go four years in college. I went three. Twenty. I averaged twenty and ten. Nineteen 20, and ten. Twenty and ten. So a double double. A double double. Uh, every night, you're it's Russell never Westbrook. Been done at Texas. It's never been done at University for of Texas. Basketball. And all of a sudden, you went from being the person that people were wondering what happened to the mm-hmm. biggest name on the biggest stage up to that point. Up to that point. And then you decided to go pro. Went pro because. But what was that like? What was, you know? These are all the decisions yeah. you had to make. Do I go and play for USA Basketball as a teenager? Mm-hmm. What college do I decide to go play at? Do I stay in basketball? What's going on? All of a sudden, is this my time to go and leverage what I've yeah. done simply because I worked harder than everybody, everyone else on the court and in the room? Worked harder and, and didn't have any mercy. I didn't feel bad anymore. I never. I wasn't like, oh, okay, I'm good. Blah, blah, blah. I I knew. I was good, so I took that initiative. They gave me the choice to go pro. They said, you can go pro or you can go back to Texas. I said, no, I'm good enough. And, and did you think you were going to be the number one pick? I knew I was going to be the But, like, you literally knew? I knew. They told me. They oh. said, this is, your, this is your projection. And this came out, like, months before the draft. I said, okay, this is locked in. This <laughs> is not changing. I can't let this change. What, what, what would you do between that day and the draft? I would stick myself in a room yeah, of pillows and just hard. be like, I'm not going to, I can't hurt my body. What did you work out harder? Did you? Honestly, it was so much pressure. Dude, no joke. It was so much pressure because I'm like, you know, not going to, like, what if I get hurt? Like, I'm That's thinking, I'm you know, I I'm thinking like. literally in a room of pillows. Like, I'm, what if I would have all my hurt? meals delivered. Yeah, no. Do no I one... tell coach like, hey, can you not, let me just train. Let's not play in the games. I don't want to risk anything. Honestly, it was just like, you know, I made this big choice. I got to live up to it now. And I, you know, so you kept working out. Kept working out. And I'm like, 
We're going into the NCAA tournament. This is after Oh, you COVID. declared while you were still playing and for it, UT. Yeah. Okay. All right. I well, was that's, still in school. Okay. Well, I, this is, yeah. I know that like the college football guys do this and then they, if it's a bowl game, they, yeah. they opt out and then they get, mm-hmm. Willis McGahee, I remember, did this. He got insurance just in case he got hurt. Yes. Ripped his ACL and then he got like a million bucks. So and, that's why I just was risking it because I didn't do any of those things. Woohoo. And it still worked it out. worked out. <laughs> and so here you are embracing your brand. You're Charlie Collier. You mm-hmm. became Charlie Collier. And your projected number one draft pick, you yeah. got a target on your back where target. everyone's just, you know, waiting for it to implode. And you, you prove, prove to yourself that you're not a sellout. Draft night comes. Yeah. Where are you? I'm in Houston. Post Oak Hotel. This was COVID time, so they didn't have it in person, Aww. which sucked. We need to reenact. We didn't have we, my, Yeah. yeah We're going to do that. We'll do that at next year's Christmas party for RHA. We'll have a yeah. WNBA draft, and you have to just act. You're like, I'm the number one pick? Yeah. Yeah, everyone, everyone will be there. and It was cool, though. I mean, ESPN came and set up the cameras and all that, so when it came on ESPN, they just clicked on to everyone's house or whatever. Or the I was in a hotel for the, the banquet or whatever. It was cool. Did your family know you were number one, or was it a surprise? It was a it was a surprise Everyone's to like, them, right? They're, you're like, oh my god, I'm number one. I already yeah. knew, right? You have yeah. your, your your wings jersey on, and this is yeah. so coincidental, but. right? Right. No, but it, it was it was awesome. I actually rather have it like that because in the draft, I think you can only have two other people with you at the little table. Oh yeah, but it's cool. And, and so you realize, a, a, again, what you you would have been 21. I was. 21 and a dream and there's there's a lot of danger in a dream coming true at 21 it is you know and i i commend you for again yeah you embrace it but like let's let's talk about that draft night as well and as Mm -hmm. you can see sponsored by gucci and i'm sponsored by uh (laughs) target um you you decide to go and and make a pivot with your brand as well where Mm -hmm. you don't want to just be an icon in sports you want to just be an icon. You're not yeah. a, a businesswoman. You're a businesswoman, right? Business and so, woman, yeah. what was the idea of being the first female to ever have an actual stylist for a professional draft mm. in sports? What was that process like? Oh wow, um, pretty hectic because they move fast. I didn't realize how fast, like the New York fashion, like just fashion in general. They gotta get your sizes. They gotta come over to the house and pick this fabric, pick these shoes. I'm like, okay, at this point, I'm just gonna go J.C. Penney's get a dress because it's too much. <laughs> But I stuck with it. I'm like, if this is the, you know, what needs to be done and I want to make history with this because it's never been done, I might as well do it. Do you feel like you have to kind of live up to that now everywhere you go and on social media? You can't just show up. You know, my favorite no. celebrity is Adam Sandler because he just wears whatever's just, comfortable. Yeah, he's chilling and hooping. I'm, yeah, Absolutely. and I'm like, I want to be like Adam Sandler. Yeah. But you can't. You're like a Kardashian now. You cannot go out in public in, in comfortable clothes. I mean, so what was that uh, like, knowing that your, your brand elevated from basketball to, to fashionista? First off, I don't have no problem going into um, State 48 in joggers. I know I can't, but I wouldn't have any problem doing What's it. What's State 48? State 48. What is that? You guys know There's nobody it's a here. It's a, oh, it's like a nice steakhouse. Yeah. I'll just tell you, I, you know, um, but yeah, the Sizzler. Is, yeah, I don't uh, mind what I wear, but when we go through the tunnels and get ready for games, I have to dress up. Like that's really? the thing. That would stress. You get dressed up to get dressed down, and then get dressed up again. I know. Like you're only dressing for 10, 10 seconds, walking through the tunnels for your ESPN pictures, and you put on your jersey. Oh, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. That would stress me out. He competes with Harry Styles. He, like that guy yeah. wears stuff. I'm like, what do you do with it after you wear it for six minutes? Yeah. Who gets it? Those you know, Scooby Doo pants he wore. Yeah. Did you see him? I kind of respect it. I was like, it's kind of a good move. Yeah. So um, okay, so here you are, NBA number one draft pick, COVID. You're kind of robbed of the experience, but you embrace it like you've done everything else in your life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're a rookie again. Rookie again. What was that like? 
that was annoying because I'm like, I did this already and now I'm doing it again. It's like, boom, culture shock again. But Big T was there. Big T was there. Oh, yeah. Thank God for Big T. Yeah, right. Yeah. And she's on your team this time. <laughs> she's on my team this time. But it's like, um, you know, I, I got some action my rookie season. That's like big pressure. Now, first game of the season, we're playing Brianna Stewart um, with the Seattle Storm and Sue Bird. That's who I'm playing my rookie season, like like legends. Who just retired, I think, just didn't retired. she? Just retired. 20 years in the league or something? 20, 25 years. Something she was like 25 that. years in the league? She started when the league started. She By the way, if you, you, yeah. have you ever met Lisa Leslie? Yes. She hates me. I flew. I, I was on a flight with her from Dallas to Atlanta, and I talked to her the whole time. Yeah. And by the time the flight landed, she's like, "Okay, it's nice to meet you," which was like code for "get out of here." <laughs> we ended up staying at the same hotel, and I checked in. I was like, "Lisa, this is so crazy." I was like, "Here's my card. Call me." Yeah. She hasn't called me yet, but anyway, uh, Sue Bird. Maybe that's get my that, next. Get that happening. Yeah, That'd Lisa, cool. if you're when you're watching this, give me a chance, man. I'm, I'm just normal. I was there yeah. in Atlanta, and we checked in the same hotel, and she mm-hmm. pretended like she didn't know me. I was like, "We just sat next to each other on the flight." She's like, "Get away." And <laughs> anyway, away. but Sue, Sue. Sue Bird, who's you know one of the the greatest of all time. That was your mm-hmm. first game ever. First game ever against her. Did she score on you? She's she's a point guard, so we're different positions. So thank God. That's a but, no. Yeah. That's a no. Okay. <laughs> she didn't score on me, but it was just crazy to see you when you, your idols are you're playing against. You're like you're facing them. You're guarding them. It's like I just watched you on TV. Like it's a crazy. But then you flip it and you realize that now you're the person that people are watching on yes. TV. And that's a weird place to live in Super too, weird. is that, yeah. you know, the innocence is, I think it's, as long as you can keep it, it's really healthy. But then once you realize, oh my gosh, soup, it's like, it's my turn yep. differently now. Yeah. And, and so what, what's that like to know that you have people that are idolizing you? Um, it's, you know, I'll walk in, you know, someplace and be like, oh, uh, hey, Charlie, I'm in Walmart. Can I have a picture? I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not the type of person to be like, no, but. It's just always cool to see, you know, because that's how I was. You know, how you said you were with Lisa. I may have met Sue when I was younger. Like, I'm a kid. I, I'm Yeah, I'm uh, a kid. I, I'm like, wow, this is like. But no one ever asks for a photo with me, you know. <laughs> so it's always humbling when I get that, you yeah. know, so, and put it in the words. It's, it's humbling. Yeah, and you're going to find a way. The thing about people like you is you're going to find something, real estate, whatever. You buy yeah. your first house at 22. Yeah. Basketball is not your end-all, be-all. No, and, But I think that's all. what's exciting is you're learning how to go and find like in a very short period of time you know between yeah. six years you're playing in china as a high schooler and now you're playing as yeah. a WNBA oh, wow. superstar so well, put it like that that's yeah but in, in the next six years you'll be 28 first wow. of all so give me a freaking break but you're probably going to have some kind of thing that you invent on yeah. you're going to be on shark you'll be a shark on shark tank <laughs> shark and then i'm gonna tank. be like hey <laughs> i have this Cuban. idea of, yeah i'll be I'll, I'll be trying to sell some kind of new sweatshirt yeah so so what was that evolution like going from rookie year to second year trying to stay relevant yeah not burning out from knowing that the sport that became your best yeah. friend is now your literal job yeah, that's my job now Oh, different because I always thought of basketball as like being fun. Don't get me wrong, it's still fun, yeah. but now it, it's literally a job. Like, it's all I do now. Um, you know, even though our season is shorter, it's like four or five months, I still go overseas and play again, but it's some, it's my career, and uh, I like it because I get time to do other things like real estate because I have the time, you know. Um, just do, I can do different things. I can start my brand now, I can start doing Fashion Week, which I just did. Like, you did Fashion Week? I was in New York for fashion. Of course you were. Yeah. Uh, Sergio, the guy who uh, made my dress. Really? So that was pretty cool. I like how you looked at me like I knew who Sergio <laughs> was. Oh. Sergio Hudson. Sergio Adidas? No. Sir, <laughs> sir, no. Sergio Bombas? No. Yeah. No. 
Well, Sergio, so so what has it been like embracing the fact that you literally have to go and, you know, you're on a public stage, but also yeah. there's there's young women and young men that, you know, this event that we did a few months back, it was so cool to see we had an NBA star, we had a, a venture capital superstar, we yeah. had a guy rags to riches with Rufine and me okay. and Charlie. Nobody wanted to talk to us at the end. They all The, the line was to meet you. Yeah. And, and that's got to come with some pressure, right? And do you ever find yourself getting sucked in and maybe losing a little bit than realizing you can't go and publicly, even yeah. privately, have a breakdown because people are relying on you. Yeah, you can't have a breakdown. And when you do it, it has to be minimal. You got to get yourself back together. Because don't get me wrong, there are times where I'm like, okay, this is a lot. Let's regroup. Let's go meditate. Let's go watch like a Joel Osteen podcast. Let's watch TD, something that can get me back on track. TD will get you fired up. TD, I love TD. Yeah. Yeah, Potter's yeah. house. Dallas. Mm-hmm. He's a Dallas guy. Do you, have you heard of Ibach? Never. There's a guy named Ricky Rush. Okay. There's no. a show called The Jeffersons back in the day, and this guy would like, he's just a little ball of energy, but they yeah. got a church here that. Um, really? Yeah. I went one time when I was in college, and I sat in the front row, and they were underneath me, there was this plastic sheet, and yeah. they said, You'll know when to pick it up. He got a water gun and squirted us with holy water, and he oh. was just feeling it. I was like, "Oh my god!" Okay, that's an experience. So he'll he'll wake you up. <laughs> Never heard of that. Uh, okay. But what what was the advice that you would have given somebody maybe that was you six years ago, mm-hmm. right? What what? How do you go and put that in perspective, knowing that like sometimes yeah. wisdom is earned, and you don't have the life experiences that a Sue Bird does, so but you good. still have something that's unique. But what would be the advice you would give people? Yeah, you know, no matter where they are in their in their life, to just embrace you know, whatever difficulty they have in front of them. Honestly, um, I would just say stay true to yourself. There's so many things in this world as you grow older that pull you left and right, and you may have a lot of persuasive friends, and you just got to stay your course. You do, because if not, um, you know, this world can, you know, just bring you down. I hate to say it that way, but you have to have some type of foundation, uh, whether it's beliefs or whatever that you, you know, you believe in, and uh, stay true to that. You know, because you, you got to have a foundation. What's your foundation? Um, God. God's my foundation. I, I pray. I make sure that I'm grounded. Um, you know, I make sure that I, all the time I stay prayed up and, you know, I, I stay my course. What about giving back? Giving back, yes. That's more, that's more things I wish the WNBA did was more charity events. But I try to do stuff on my own, just little things, whether it's back home. or. But I feel like the league should do more stuff like that. But what are you doing? Um, I, I give back, you know, I do a lot of giveaways like, um, gear or something like that, or I'll go home, we'll do Houston food bank, things like that. Or with my agency, we'll do things for when I was overseas, we did a whole lot of stuff with my team in Italy. Um, is it a different animal over there overseas? Different animal. It is different from the food, from the people, (laughs) culture. It's literally also different animals. No. It's like, oh, that's a different animal. That's Uh, a different animal. (laughs) Because it's it's literally a different animal. Yeah, Um, but I like it. Here's a loaded question. If it wasn't basketball Mm. that you're putting your life into, and I think that, you know, I was not a professional. I was not an – I'm not an athlete. I'm just going to say that. I like to stand – No, but, like, I'm a mental athlete. We'll play one-on-one one one day. Okay. I'm going to lace up and then have, like, eight (laughs) layers of ankle tape because I will be the guy that breaks his ankle after a free throw. Um, so what is, as you're thinking about like the next phase, obviously real estate's part of it, hopefully, but in yeah. 20 years, what's, what's uh, going to be something you're going to chase to where you are going to find a way to go and do the evolution of a middle schooler, a high wow. schooler, a college kid, ride the bench, freshman, sophomore, eight years, 20, 20 points, 10 rebounds, yeah. WMA number. It's like, what do you pursue after this or while doing this? While doing this? Um, I would say after, I would say after. 
um, basketball is always going to be my first love, but I've always wanted to be a model. I want to be a model, and I also want to be a franchise owner of a sports team of some kind. One of those two. Do both. Probably do both, but want to stay in the sports world, but also want to pursue my fashion. So I think being a franchise owner of some sort of team, I love football, so probably football. Um, Jerry Jones. Yeah. Here she comes. <laughs> the, the Dallas Charlies. The Dallas uh, are, Charlies. Are playing the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. <laughs> uh, and, and so when you look back over the course, again, loaded, you're 22, and, and, and I'm 42, but it doesn't matter. But when you look back, what's going to be the thing you want to be remembered for? Um, I want to be remembered just always um, being humble. I feel like uh, it's, it's important to be humble and uh, uh, pursue hard work. I never gave up. Uh, I never want to be labeled as weak-minded. I want to be strong and pursue anything that um, I put my mind to. When I say stuff to the writers or the newscasters, I want them to be like, oh, she said that. She did that. No, she just said, like, I want to do that. You ever, you ever had to check yourself? Had to. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of good for you, too. All the time. Um, who would play you in a movie? Oh, wow. In a movie? I'm a big Angelina Jolie fan. I don't know if she can. She might not be super athletic. Right, but I just love her. I got a fun fact for you. So I was in a movie where Angelina Jolie's dad played my coach in a college basketball movie. Really? So I'm the I'm the connector to Angelina okay, if so you need her. So we we'll, we'll we'll have some auditions for her to try out. And then theme song. Do we have a theme song? Mm. Uh, were you about to sing it? No, I, no. I, I was <laughs> trying to think. <laughs> um, I'm a big um, little baby fan. Oh man, don't no go Lil on though. me. Yeah. Do you have a nickname? What's like your nickname? My nickname? Yeah. They call me CC Charlie Char. Those Charles. Charles? Yeah. Like when you're in trouble? Charles? <laughs> Charles? Come <laughs> eat your vegetables. Call me that to be funny. They'd be like, Charles. Okay. But, and, yeah. and and as we wrap this up, what's what's the takeaway? You've got somebody listening to this today that's going to yeah. feel inspired, right? And yeah. what, what do we leave them with where tomorrow they still have that inspiration in their heart and they can have a glimpse of what it's like to live life like you or you? Yeah. I, would, I would consider you one of my friends that maximizes every day day. knowing who you are you embrace it you stay yourself the whole time and you just spoke to all of us so you're gonna own a franchise and you're gonna be a model Mm -hmm. which you're gonna figure this out and so this podcast is gonna age very well and i'm gonna get free tickets um for whatever franchise that she owns but (laughs) what what's the takeaway what what do we take home from from this today that's gonna inspire differently um honestly would say um whatever it is that you choose to do um do it to your fullest potential and make sure it's something that you have fun with because if you don't have fun with it, you're going to think of it as a dreadful job. But make it fun for you. Whatever you do, do it to your fullest and have fun. And sometimes it takes time for it to be fun. It takes time. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it'll become something that's part of your routine and you'll love it. And she proved that today, right? Yes. And, and the thing about you is you don't have any quit in you. No. And that's that. I, see, but like you don't have any quit in you. And a lot of people don't realize that you have to just go and get into the headspace of owning that. And that's mm-hmm. when it works for you differently. So... Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship and always. appreciate you always speaking truth in your heart. And how do we support you? How do we find you online? What? How do we find your fashion shows? And most importantly, yeah. where do we go watch you play? <laughs> um, my Instagram is my first and last name, Charlie Collier. So is my Twitter. Um, you can go to DallasWings.com to get tickets for the 2023 season. And yes, come support. Okay. Yeah. Charlie, you're you're the greatest. I almost said Charles, but um, <laughs> thanks for joining us today. And, and uh, people, be sure to support Charlie. And 
follow her journey. And for those of you interested in purchasing real estate in North Texas, this could also be I'm a real estate agent your celebrity well. real estate agent. So there thanks for joining us today. And <laughs> Thank you. This was awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Rogers. You're welcome. I'm Charlie Collier, and this is how you sell without selling out. Rogers that.